All right. Welcome back, everyone. So last time we talked about attribution, experimentation, and modeling, how they each kind of play a role and sort of build up to that modeling piece. Um, today, we're going to double click specifically into attribution and more infamously, the difference between GA and Facebook, which, <laughs> oh my God, I cannot tell you from, from, from senior leadership all the way down to solo operators, this this topic is is a massive distraction for growth, and I've seen people just completely make make the wrong decisions on on this, and it's been detrimental to to brands' growth. Um, so why don't we start there? What can you explain the difference between what is being reported in Facebook versus GA, and why are they different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like I'll take a step back quickly and actually talk first about how have I seen this come up with at least some of the brands that we work with where the very first thing that tends to happen is people come in with like mass distrust of Facebook data for whatever reason. And I think it starts with this notion of just like, man, Facebook used to work super well for me and now it doesn't anymore. And they started sending me emails saying like, oh yeah, our data is now being modeled and all this sort of stuff. And so like, you come in with high skepticism, right, in into your Facebook data. Whereas GA, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's my website data. Of course, that's correct, right? And so like, you come in with this perception issue right from the beginning, and that's already like anchoring you to a specific point of view. And so, allow yourself to get unanchored for a moment, and like, let's now sort of double click into what each of these is actually doing. So, Facebook is going to do the best that it can to figure out if when somebody saw an ad on any of the meta platform properties, whether or not you then add it to cart or convert it, depending on sort of what you're optimizing for. And so Facebook has this advantage where you are logged in on 100% of their properties, right? Unlike a traditional quote unquote publisher, mm-hmm all of their properties are completely logged in. So they know exactly who I am. They know for certainty that I saw the ad, that I clicked on the ad, and that I navigated away to the page. That's where, at this point, the sort of what we would call deterministic data, so like data they have for sure, and that is one-to-one tied with the behavior, ends. And now they pass what's called a UTM parameter. So any one of you who has set this up for your own brand knows what this is. They pass a UTM parameter to to the website, the reason they do that is because on the website you have the Facebook pixel and that pixel reads the UTM param and it's like, great, this is that person. And now all the following actions that that person takes on the website, I can associate with that click away from Facebook, right? So it's like, let's just say the UTM param is like campaign one, ad one, whatever it may be. And then it gets associated to my cookie. Now, once I navigate to another page on your website, it still knows that it's the same person because it's tracking that cookie. And then when I make the purchase, that cookie data is being sent back to the Facebook system, right? Assuming that I've opted in on, on iOS. So that's how Facebook gathers its data is it has perfect visibility on platform. And then on your website, it uses a combination of what's in the cookie. And more recently, they have a conversions API. And so if you actually convert, then it'll send back the server to server signal saying, hey, this person converted. 
Google Analytics, on the other hand, has no idea what happened before you come to the website. The very first touch point that it gets is those UTM parameters that land when you come onto the website. So it's like, okay, you have told me to recognize these UTM parameters as coming from this source uh, in order to actually track the person. And I can see that across all of your sources. So like I, Google Analytics, see that for your Facebook campaign. I see that for your Google search. I see that for whatever else I can actually get data. And once the person is on the site, now I have visibility across whatever has happened and what happens subsequent to that on the website, right? So the two platforms have very different data assets. And so they're going to give you different perspectives, right? And so that's sort of the base case of how I would start with this conversation is like, okay, please like don't start with distrust on any platform. Start with an understanding of like these different platforms have different data sets. And then here is what each data set is actually saying to you. But I think the harder thing is, okay, now I know that these two things tell me different things. How should I use each of the data sets, right? So like, actually, what if, what have you used GA for and what have you used the Facebook data for? Yeah, so for me, GA is phenomenal. It, it's just a phenomenal tool in itself, right? It is an analytics tool. Um, you can use GA for understanding the path to conversion from someone's first click. Um, and you can follow that path to see if they saw one ad, if they saw two ads, if they went to an email, if they went to your website after, and then you know what happens when they converted. You can also see the, the time lag between those different paths. So does that journey take 24 hours or is that journey spread out across three months? And so all of that's very informative. Now, where I spend a lot of my time in GA is more so looking at the reported conversions by channel. Now, those reported conversions by channel, I don't ever look at the revenue and take it at face value. <laughs> Instead, what I'm looking at is the percentage contribution of that revenue. So if Meta is driving 40% of revenue and Google search is driving 30% of revenue and direct is driving you know, 10% and so on and so forth, I can then start to understand within GA's visibility what the impact is that those channels are having to my media and then I can make budget recommendations. So if I don't know where to start at all, I can at least use that as guidance to go, okay, maybe Meta should take 40% of my spend and I should allocate some to, to Google. And I can play around with these sort of allocations and configurations and basically make uh, budget decisions to see how that influences the results moving on uh, in, in the future. Now, the issue with all of that is, and then you touched on this earlier, GA is Google Analytics is a, is a is a cookie solution. It's not going to accurately read all of these site events that are happening on your website, and it does that because <laughs> it that cookie expires after yeah. after twenty four hours on Safari devices. It expires, and that's due to a intelligent tracking uh, protection, I believe, or prevention, prevention ITP. Yeah. And this has been Apple's war against tracking and privacy since before iOS 14. But what ITP is doing is it's essentially preventing people from being tracked by Google Analytics. And you, I mean, how many iPhones are there in the world or even in the US in your market? That is why you're seeing a lot of revenue being reported to direct because there's no nothing to tie that initial session back to. And so Google Analytics just has to allocate those those, those uh, conversions to a direct source. Um, and so 
it, it, it can be tricky. It, it, and it's why you should never look at revenue as a, as a face value. Um, you should really be understanding outside of direct what, you know, what those revenue contributions are and using that information to then get a better understanding of what the contributions are from your, from your marketing mix. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then what about on the Facebook side? So like you look at your GA and you're mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I want to make allocation decisions based on what I'm seeing in my GA. And when you look at your Facebook data with, you know, the, the sort of approach of like, Hey, Facebook is doing the best that it can to understand how are you using that data to inform what actions to take? Yeah. So the, the beauty, the beautiful thing about Facebook and using Facebook data is being able to measure what I call the, the halo effect. Um, you know, ads are not linear. Uh, people see an ad and they may not click on it. They may not even recognize the brand of the ad, but they might remember, oh, I need to go buy dryer sheets. So let me go and Google dryer sheets. And, you know, your ad, your brand may be the first or second result from that listing and they click on that. And even though they didn't remember your brand from the Facebook ad, they may have discovered the brand from the Google ad. And so all of that is what I what, what I call a, a halo effect, right? They didn't click on the ad, but they still went to the website or through another source um, because of that Facebook ad. And so what Facebook does extremely well is getting a gauge of that halo effect. So in Facebook, there's a, a new feature. It's not new, but it's, it's new-ish. Um, you can do a basically a comparison across different attribution windows. So you can compare your one-day click with your seven-day click, and you can compare that with your one-day view. And what I love to do is I actually love to see the percent change from one day click to seven day click. And I compare that against the one day view as well. And what that tells me is how much of a halo effect my ads are having. So your one day clicks your baseline. And if you see that your revenue or your purchases or conversions double or triple when you go from one day click to seven day click, that means your Facebook ads have drive a lot of halo effect. So people don't necessarily convert from the ads, but the ads are supporting or playing a role in the rest of the the marketing efforts that you have going on. Um, and when you compare that to one day, to to view throughs as well, if you have a lot of view throughs, then that means your Facebook ads um, maybe aren't as engaging from a click perspective. People aren't clicking them, but it is creating some sort of trigger in their minds to go out and pursue an action. So all of that can be super helpful when you are comparing those three attribution windows and trying to understand what the halo effect is. And you can tie that back to Google Analytics to see how far off is this from what GA is telling me, right? GA is a single touch point, yeah. last click. You can compare your one day click and you can see, is, is, is these conver- are these conversions happening within 24 hours of yeah. seeing or clicking on a, on a Facebook ad? Or is this happening as an immediate last touch point? So if you are f- completely fall off, far off in revenue numbers or conversions, you can then detect to see where Facebook's playing a role in your media. And you can do all of this for free. You don't need a fancy analytics tool or platform or anything. Totally. You're able to, ha- you have access to these tools already. It just requires a little bit of sort of thinking through the scenarios of why these numbers matter and how they each play a role within each other. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I feel like we have a really good understanding now of like, what is the difference between GA and Facebook? And hopefully you guys feel like, hey, yeah, it is totally expected that these numbers are going to be very different from each other. They have very different points of view. And so you can go back and say, from your GA data, how do I allocate? As Brian was saying, that's how he's making his decisions at his brand. And within Facebook, 
how do I think about what purpose a given campaign is serving? So is it driving conversions as a DR? Is it driving it based on the halo? What kind of halo? And you can start to understand those things and then make changes to the style of campaign based on that learning. And now in the next episode, we'll dive even further into your Facebook data and start with what seems to be an unnecessarily uh, aggressive debate around one-day click versus seven-day click setting versus seven-day click one-day view setting. <laughs> and I think I think where we're going to net out in our next episode, but we'll find out as we start talking through it, is like, you know, probably it's different based on every brand, but stay tuned to find out where we land on, you know, what attribution setting should you be using in Facebook in order to drive the best effectiveness for your brand. And that's a wrap. Yeah. That'll be a good one. That one, I actually was about to jump in and like say, wait, I'm not done. I need to talk about, <laughs> you know, optimization versus attribution window, but I'm glad we're saving that for the next episode. That's that's going to be a great one. Awesome. Awesome.